So we're back after a baby and COVID got in the way. It's Bisexual Brunch with Lewis Oakley, Nicky Hodgson and Ashley Byrne. If nobody was told what you were meant to do, if there weren't any rules, we would be living in a totally different format. We as journalists and activists have always found it very difficult to find people who will openly talk about being bisexual. Just don't think there are enough bi perspectives on bi issues. I feel like we've got to talk about it because we're really comfortable doing that. It can be really intimidating. Bisexuality is not really understood because people have biphobic tendencies. And the second you mention bisexual, just their ears pick up. Oh, well, you're still confused, right? No, I'm not confused. I've always found myself at the mercy of gay and straight advice. You can have a bit of competition to see who's the better bisexual bruncher. This is Bisexual Brunch. So then, guys, we're back after a little bit of a hiatus. Is that, is that how you say it? Is it hiatus? 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 I can't speak. I'm, I'm basically, I'm, I'm from Yorkshire in uh, in England, of course, and we don't pronounce our H's, as you will well know, Nikki. Um, <laughs> but um, obviously, Lewis has been off because um, he's just had a baby. Um, and I've been off because sadly I've had COVID. I'll tell you briefly about that in a moment. But, but Lewis, congratulations. What's it like to be the world's most well-known bisexual dad. Okay, well, she's just woken up mid-recording. She waited for Daddy to, to have his big moment to talk, and she decided she's not happy. It's been amazing, to be honest. It's been it's completely different, because obviously I've got a stepchild, but actually having a child from birth is completely different. You can't reason with it or threaten to take the Xbox away. Um, you've got to just kind of deal with whatever the newborn wants. Um, I've got to be honest, the, the lack of sleep thing was one of the things I was worried about because those who know me know that just one hour of sleep lost, Lewis is not a nice person. But it, you, you, you find this new energy where it can be 4am in the morning and you can make the empowered decision of, you know what, the, the possibility of sleep is worse than not having it. So I'm going to make the choice to actually wake up right now and just get up with her, and you're fine, and you don't fall fall down until about 7pm, so you're good. Um, so yeah, I mean, no matter how trying it is, she's just so cute, um, and you know, actually seeing like a little baby that looks a little bit like you, and sneezes in threes like you do, you see those little mannerisms, and you're like, oh my god! Um, it makes you absolutely completely paranoid, um, which is not great for me, because I'm, you know, cool, calm and collected. I'm not the paranoid one, but I'm just terrified of like meteors coming crashing through the ceiling, like the idea that I'm going to accidentally kill her. She's just so like innocent and small. So you you were saying earlier before we came on air that um, even just, you know, waking up in the night when um, your your partner's, you know, seeing to her kind of thing and you wake up and, and you're even worried then, aren't you? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, I'm I'm surprised more couples don't break up when they have kids because honestly, you're paranoid um, and you kind of like you're with your partner all the time. So you're just like, are you awake enough to be breastfeeding right now? You know, you what if you fall asleep and she rolls up the bed and dies? And obviously, you say that enough, and like it can be like you're undermining like that that I can't take care of this baby. And of course, you don't mean to. And of course, you know she'll do it with me. Or there was one day I said to her, make sure you're supporting the neck. And she gave me such an evil. 
Um, so it, it's hard because you love it so much. You just, it's not that you don't think your partner's capable. You're just terrified of everything and anyone. Um, and you had a pandemic on that and it's just, just, just a, a bit of a stressful time, but luckily we we can all take it with a sense of humor. Um, me and my partner. So, you know, we'll just turn it into a joke and it'll be fine. People come over and they're like, you guys don't look like you've just had a baby. You know, you, you guys look well and, and you're showered and stuff. So, well, thanks. <laughs> it's always nice to get a compliment. It does sound great that you, you know, you, you, you say that you get on so well, because I think you're right. I think, um, you know, these kind of things can make and break relationships. And I know several people, several friends of mine actually, have, you know, had kids and literally did um, sadly break the relationship. But of course, um, the other big thing about this is she did arrive, didn't she, in bisexual um, awareness week. She did. She she missed by visibility day by two days. She was the 25th. But um, yeah, she was very on brand. I need to do a, a like a little picture with her in my bisexual top or something i don't know but um yeah she arrived right on time for daddy didn't you she's having a bottle now she's really calm so nikki it's great isn't it we've got we've got a, a fourth presenter in our midst it seems <laughs> i'm so excited because it evens up the genders we've got two women now which is fabulous and also I'm very broody and want a baby. So I've been texting Lewis loads about Maisie. She's the most beautiful little thing. And I imagine she's going to be just like a dad, mouthy, campaigning for stuff. Can't wait oh, to see hope. what she's like. Maybe you should actually find some kind of, you know, bisexual orientated name as a middle. Ooh. You know I mean? Maybe, you know, maybe she'd be, make, she'd be making a mark from early. <laughs> oh, she's made a mark already because she came out during uh, bisexual She's awareness. already made a presence known, exactly. Well, technically, um, Maisie, like the inspiration, one of the inspirations came from Maze from Lucifer, and that's a bisexual yes. character. Yeah. Amazing. So, yeah, fantastic. Congratulations, Lewis. And I'm, I'm sure we'll be, we'll be uh, keeping up to date um, on all your goings-on um, in the next uh, few weeks and months um, as we sort of chart what it's like to be a, a, a dad who happens to be bisexual. Absolutely. <laughs> you're, you're lined up, aren't you, to go on the uh, the new um, Radio 4 show, Likely Dads, which is a comedy about uh, being a dad. So it'd be lovely to I am. So um, that'd be great. So you need, to, you need to pick up all the little funny stories. Has, has anything funny happened so far when you think about it? But they all involve poo and wee. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And sick. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been a it's been a wild ride, guys. Well, where are you going? What's he I'm doing just, with it? He's getting I've a bottle. A bottle I think. I've got a bottle heating up. I'm multitasking. Oh right, okay. Look at this. Yeah. Um, anybody who's listening, you, 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 basically, Lewis is wandering around the house looking after the baby. It is literally man left with a baby tonight. Um, she's got lots of hair, hasn't she? So much. Yeah. Oh. Lovely. <laughs> well, she's gonna she's gonna learn a lot tonight listening to uh, bisexual brunch. So, um, <laughs> so yeah. So uh, while you've been um, having a baby, um, I've been sadly uh, having COVID, uh, which has been an absolutely ridiculous experience, both from a practical perspective in terms of the lack of support that you get, but then the actual thing itself was absolutely awful. I mean, it, you know, everyone seems to trivialise it in many ways and say that. Certain people at certain ages aren't going to get it badly. I mean, I've got a few underlying issues, but nothing that isn't under control. And I think I've come out the other side. But, you know, there are certainly things that um, 
I think will be long lasting uh, having had it. And it's a, it's just a weird, weird experience. So guys, whatever you do, try and stay safe as much as you possibly can. You know, it's um, it's not a nice thing to have. So uh, Lewis, keep uh, keep Maisie safe and keep yourself safe as much as you possibly can. Uh, oh, we will do. <laughs> so I, sh- I just wanted to say something exciting. Yeah, go on. So by the way, while you guys have been having a baby and getting COVID, I've planned to secretly get married on the 5th of November. Brilliant. Oh my God. As long as they don't lock us down again, I'm just dreading them saying that. But it's not a secret, though, is it? Well, I've told you guys, but I haven't told my mum, or we haven't told the mums. We told the world. They, they won't list, mums won't listen to the podcast, so it's fine, but we're secretly getting married on the 5th of November because we've just had enough. So, something happy to look forward to. So, you you, you can't tell us where or anything? No, I can't tell you any more details, but hopefully, we will be wed in a few weeks when we talk about this again. Fantastic, fantastic. In the UK? In the UK. Brilliant. Well, keep us keep us up to date that, with that and tell us all about it next time we, 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 we come on. Um, so we, our lives are changing in all different ways, in different directions, <laughs> some better than others. Um, the interesting thing is about you, you two, of course, is that you're in, um, and we've talked about this before, heterosexual-facing relationships. Mm. And there'll be people listening to this for the first time who happen to be, you know, from various elements of the LGBT community, they'll be saying, oh, that's not representative. But you are representative. I mean, that's the, that's the point. You know, yeah. most people, I think, I'm not saying every, you know, not, not, we don't know the statistics, but um, unless we do, Lewis, I'm sure Lewis will tell us the statistics. But there are a lot I of think it's about there. 82%. What, 82% are in, yeah. in straight? Yeah. Right, okay, oh, that's interesting. Now, bear in mind, uh, anybody who's listening to this, we're now watching Lewis... Dancing around his room with the baby now. He's so, doing a bit of a David Bowie in Labyrinth when he shakes the baby to keep it from crying. So you know what it is? She demands complete and total attention. So it's like literally you'll be you'll be rocking her, sitting down, she won't like it. You stand up, rock her, loves it. You dare to sit down after twenty minutes. <laughs> Hell. I'm just waiting for the ball to cool down and then she'll feel calm. Who She's taking you? after you, Lewis. She needs yeah, attention. I was thinking High maintenance. I was thinking that. I was thinking that. Anyway, co- coming up, we're, we've got a bisexual story from a guy called Steve from Stockport in Manchester, England. Um, and we're going to be talking to him about, basically about coming out in his 40s. In his, he's in his 40s and he, he was basically um, prompted to do it, actually, I think, from listening to Bisexual Brunch. We, you know, I think listening to Bisexual Brunch and hearing us all talk and whatever has made him more confident. So we're talking to him about that um, a little bit later on. Uh, and we've also been having some quite nice um, feedback. Um, we've got lots of feedback tonight from Maisie. But, um, uh, we've been getting quite nice feedback, not just on, on Twitter, but also through uh, other, other sources, particularly email or whatever, from people saying how refreshing it was to hear our episode talking about bisexual people and sex and how nice. you know they don't um, you know we, the, the premise of our program a few weeks ago was talking about the whole issue of um, bisexual people shouldn't shouldn't want shouldn't have to hide um, how much they lo- either like sex or you know or how, what kind of sexual relationship they have whether it be Absolutely. whether it be you know monogamous or adventurous or you know orgies or whatever we shouldn't have to hide it and several people have written us written to us you know quite long emails actually saying how refreshing yeah. that was so it's really nice to to be in to be in that position um 
obviously we're going to be easing our way back into things because it's been we've had some quite life-changing moments uh, for all of us in the last uh, last few weeks but um Nikki I wanted to talk to you a little bit about a story that emerged around identity in terms of mm. um labels around what we call ourselves and often we're talking about oh you know the LGBT community needs to own a particular label. So lesbian people need to own a label, gay people, bisexual people, trans people need to own a label, even if it's been something that's been derogatory in the past or whatever. That's often a, a big thing when it comes to, you know, people in, in different different communities. Um, but there's, there's also a degree of rivalry, isn't there, between certain people as well, particularly uh, lesbian and bisexual female community, which I didn't realise existed until I read a few articles recently is, is this a, a common thing and just explain to us what it what it is I found it many a time when I was by and dating a gay woman so this story is basically about a woman who really wants to identify as a dyke but also bisexual right not normally labels that are put together yeah. but she's she has a really cool Instagram and she you know she shows how she is who she is how she presents and she that's how she identifies that's how she feels comfortable describing herself as those things and i think it's really cool because it kind of illustrates that there are many subcultures and subgenres within the most basic labels that we get given and that's her and i just think it's great but she's had so much abuse online for describing herself as a dyke and bisexual mm -hmm. when you know it's clear that she fits into both categories perfectly equally what do you think the problem is? Why do you think people have a problem with it? I think the issue is that it's so still difficult to be a marginalised sexuality that if you are to lump two together, then it kind of doubly marginalises you. Right. And the individual groups feel that you're taken away from each of those. Because you'll know, Ash, LGBTQI communities work very hard to preserve their individual identities and they're not very good at coming together or sharing those identities. I don't think they are. No. It's like when you go to Pride and like the lesbians will be in one corner, the gay guys are in another, the bisexual are in another. Do you know what I mean? There's not a good intermingling of people still. And I think that's what she's provoked in people. But she's highlighted a really important thing, which is that we've got to break down these barriers and people should just be allowed to use the words that work for them to describe themselves. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting what you say there about um, that separation, because mm. thinking back to when I was first sort of dabbling in the LGBT sort of world, as it were, and or gay world, I suppose, really, uh, because there wasn't uh, anywhere to go if you were bisexual, I always found that there was separation within that world as well. Yeah. In the sense yeah. of the whole thing of, you know, you'd have, uh, you'd have bears, or you'd have... Uh, oh, you know, you'd of have, course. You'd have lots Twinks of... Twinks. Exactly. And, and everything. And, and, yeah, exactly. And, and and never the twain would meet, you know what I mean? No. We'd get together. And I actually found that really quite um, quite alienating. And actually, I've I've come across a fair few bisexual people who've really been put off by that. And I, and, and I worry, I wonder sometimes whether that is an element of... of uh, is, a, is a problem in terms of bisexual people feeling accepted within the just the LGBT world as a whole and therefore they run off and go back in the closet again. What do you think, Lewis? I mean, yeah, there's a lot of division in the LGBT. I've written about it quite a bit. <laughs> um, my, my feeling on labels is that they should, they should always be a positive thing. 
The second, labels and tribes become exclusionary, become a problem. That That's where we run into a lot of trouble. I mean, how, how was it for you when you first started, say, going out into a, you know, the, you know, a gay community, a gay village, or in London or Manchester or Birmingham, wherever? Did you feel sort of alienated by some of it, Lewis? Yeah, definitely. They were just like, oh, it's, it's a lovely little twink boy coming along. And now they call me daddy. Um, <laughs> it's, it's all change around here. Um, yeah, I mean, people try and put you into like into little boxes and those boxes don't always fit. Um, and you know what? I think it's, 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 it's part of being in a marginalized community, I think. I think... You know, when you come out of the street world and you're like, right, well, this is the gay world and this is how it works here and these are the laws, you know, we can kind of do that to ourselves in in some ways where it's like, no, like, we need to have some sense of what's going on. We can't just completely operate and just let everyone do what they want, which I, I've never seen the problem with. Um, but I think it, it's something to do in that element of like, okay, we need to have order to this. Like, you're a gay, but you will only do this. And you're a bi, and you only do this. And, and you're a lesbian, so you can't do that. And it's just these weird rules that have come out of nowhere. Yeah, I mean, do you think it's... I mean, I, I hate to, to, to sort of decide on what's worse and what's not worse, but... Do you think that there's a, a more of an issue sometimes, Nikki, within the uh, bisexual female sort of stroke lesbian world because of the fact that the whole thing has been hypersexualized over so such a long period of time that there's an image, isn't there, a particular image of a of a of a woman who ha- might happen to end up having a relationship or some fun or whatever with another woman? Yeah, I think there's this definite strain of people that believe that women who are bisexual are not permanently bisexual for a start um are doing something because the right man hasn't come along and in the gay community of women are maybe just dabbling so in each of those scenarios you're not taken seriously for your sexuality there's no sense of longevity there's no sense of it being intrinsic to your personality it's all about testing the waters and I always found it really frustrating when I'd go to female-only venues. I'm very femme, and that would always be seen as, oh, she's just come for the weekend kind of thing. And it was extremely frustrating. Yeah, just literally just being taken seriously. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And it's insulting in a way, isn't it? To be very insulting. I mean, in many ways, I was extremely feminist. I was very tapped into the women's movement. I knew a lot about women's history, especially around sexuality. So I had kind of better lesbian credentials than many people but because i presented as femme i was written off and it was so frustrating there's so much education that needs doing isn't there really that's the thing it's absolutely sort of, you know, we, we we really haven't without well, that we haven't, we haven't really begun on that area in many ways you know so um it's going to take a long time to get through to people but um i think it is refreshing sometimes when you i sometimes wonder if there's certain I mean, I don't think it's everybody, but because unfortunately I think prejudices still exist and ignorance still exists massively. But when we had the um, the two people from Northern Ireland on um, yes. a, a, a few weeks ago um, who were talking about how liberated they are there and how they've really sort of pushed the boundaries and all the rest of it, I think it was amazing, you know, to hear them um, mm. talking in that way and talking about how they've, um, you know, they just... Don't give a toss, basically, and yeah. and that's from a, as we said, as we both uh, agreed at the time, Nikki. 
you know, that's from a community that's had so much prejudice over the yeah. years. So many, so many, um, so many things that made them you're supposed to think a certain particular way and all the rest of it. And they've just got, they've just had enough. And um, it's great to see that kind of thing happening in uh, in Derry. So anyway, later on, we're going to talk about the whole thing of coming out as uh, as bisexual because it's been uh, National Coming Out uh, Day for LGBT people in the last month here in the UK. Um, and I thought it would be interesting just to start a conversation about the whole thing about coming out as bisexual and the strange things, the funny things, the bizarre things that people say. Um, so uh, anybody listening, uh, we're really interested to hear from you. Um, if you can contact us um, on Twitter, uh, it's at Bisexual Brunch. And just let us know the strange things, the weird things that people have said to you when you come out as bisexual. And uh, to get you going, we're going to talk about our own experiences um, a little bit later on. But first, we've got our personal story uh, this week. And it's from Steve, as I said earlier, from Stockport in Manchester in the UK. And Steve only recently came out in his 40s. Um, in fact, when I say came out, I think he's in the process of coming out and um, as bisexual. And uh, Bisexual Brunch, I think, has sort of encouraged him to... Um, to 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 to, um, to to take the plunge. I mean, he's definitely taking the plunge because he's telling the world about it. So um, here's the conversation I had with Steve a, a couple of weeks ago. You're listening to Bisexual Brunch. Well, Steve, thanks very much indeed for agreeing to talk to us about your own bisexual journey, and thank you very much for your you know your kind comments. You sent us a lovely comment um, on Twitter, and it's exactly you're exactly the kind of person. We're really interested in trying to communicate with really as a as a program because uh, we've often felt that the bisexual sort of arena obviously has been there for a long time. There are people out there who talk about being bisexual or whatever, but it tends to be quite academic or quite sort of. And I'm not saying you're not academic; you might be very academic. But what I mean is that it tends to be quite specific and quite sort of. Uh, it, it, it focuses on particular lifestyles and what we're looking at really is we're trying to reach out to people who just happen to be bisexual it's not necessarily something they wear on their sleeve it's just part of their everyday life really and and from the from the the tweet that you sent us it seems to me that's basically if i'm right correct me if i'm wrong that's basically where you're coming from really you've just you happen to be bisexual it's just something that you know, you've come to terms with now a bit later in you know in, in sort of mid, early middle age kind of thing um yeah. tell us a little bit about your your journey then did you start off i mean did you know when did you know do you think really looking back that you were um a, a, a bi bisexual um it's it's strange really because from the position that i'm at now um i would say i've always known but i wish i'd had this knowledge when i was younger um because i was I was just so confused about everything for the longest time. Um, and it's strange because it, it's it's only now that I've I can sort of piece all the other bits together. Um and it's it's almost like well the signs were all there, why didn't I notice it sooner? If that makes sense. Did you feel from a fairly young age that you had some kind of attraction to both 
men and women. You know, I'm not saying talking about sexual attraction necessarily, but attraction in terms of affectionate attraction. Did you always feel, yeah. looking back, that you were attracted to people, you know, both both uh, men and women? Yeah. Um, it's strange because I've, I've done a lot of thinking in recent months of, of this and looking back on childhood and my time growing up and it's and there were certain times um especially at school where i found um male members of my class attractive um as well as girls and it's well like i said it's it's that confusion that you've got as a child that you just don't understand what this is and it's because you're sort of given this um, almost like a convention that you boys fancy girls and girls fancy boys. It's not the nothing else was sort of on my horizon. Um, and whether that was because I was very naive, I don't know. But um, it took me a long time to understand that. Well, actually, yeah, you know. You can fancy other people as well. You don't have to sort of stick to one, one gender. Um, yeah, and you're forty-five now, is that right? Yes. Okay, so I'm forty-seven. So we grew up rough, roughly similar, similar, similar time, and uh, of course we, we didn't grow up in an era where um, gay things weren't known about. People did, you know, were people were gay, and and you know, I, I know there was stereotypes and whatever but I wouldn't have said my personally my school wasn't particularly people weren't that homophobic there were some that were but others that weren't that homophobic but but the thing was the general theme the general thing about just anything that was not perceived as the norm just wasn't really talked about was it that was the thing was that the same same experience that you had yeah um and it's almost like if you said something I don't know like um if I sort of suddenly turn around and said, "Oh, I fancy so and so," or I think they they look quite cute today, you you sort of get bombarded with a you'd well you'd either get um, beaten up or you'd um, you get shunned or something. It's um, so I, I it's I got very used to keeping secrets and sort of staying quiet about things and. Yeah, and when you got a bit older then, you know, school time is very difficult, I know, because well, that's when we need the support, really, at the end of the day. Yeah, we we yeah. can do with those examples at that age, couldn't we? But then you, you leave school and you start to, I presume you start to get into relationships and things. Did you feel that you had to conform in one way or the other, whether it be, you know, going down the gay route or the straight route? You know, did, you find, did you feel that you had to conform? I didn't feel any pressure to conform. I think it was something I. The, the pressure came from myself. I felt like I had. This was the way it should be done. Um, you, you, were you sort of trying to follow sort of some kind of perceived convention? Is that what you were thinking? You know? Yeah. And, and I think because. Um, obviously, you know, when you start working with people and they say, oh. When you're getting married and it's you're getting a bit older now, you're not married, you're still single, you know, and it's all those kind of questions that that sort of um, attach themselves to you, and it's 
so yeah it's it was it was kind of feeling like i needed to to conform to the to the normality of of things but still having this com inner conflict which um i don't know whether it either helped or hindered me it, it's you know, well it, it probably hindered me to be honest because i i didn't really have that many relationships to be honest so rather than going down the route of going you know one way or the other you you tended to what steer away from having a relationship is that what you, what you did um not through choice it was um it it was just i was just painfully shy um growing up and i just never felt like i could approach anyone um yeah i understand i understand so did but did you end up eventually in in a relationship with somebody yeah 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 i had uh, yeah i had a girlfriend for a while um um and yeah i it, it seemed to be okay you know there, there was talk of future and you know long term um and it ended through no no fault of my own um and around about the same time, um, there was lots of family issues and I was going through some mental health problems myself. Um, and and it's, I've always suffered with depression and anxiety. So it was everything was sort of building up all at once. Um, on top of all that, I was still sort of having all these sort of conflicting thoughts about myself and almost feeling guilty for not being honest with myself yeah no I, I couldn't understand that did you ever tell your girlfriend that you know you, that you thought you might be you might be bisexual I never told anyone no 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 so there, there, there's, there's very few people that I have told yeah no I understand that now you live in you, you know you come from the Manchester area and Manchester yeah. is quite a an open liberal sort of environment in a way and obviously has had a you know a gay village for a long time and all that kind of stuff did you ever sort of pursue your the gay side of your character by visiting the village or going and meeting people there at all um no not not at the village i did um on online um i've sort of signed up to a couple of those sites and uh, I had the apps for a while you know and uh, we'll go through an experimental phase um, and it's and up to a point it, it kind of um, I don't know for want of a better word it scratched an itch if you like um, but it still really didn't answer any questions for me and also it's it's terribly um sort of often quite soul destroying isn't it because a lot of the a lot of these things it's it's literally just about people meeting up and having sex a lot of the time and uh, back in the yeah. day back in the day you know before all these apps and online things and whatever people did actually have you know you got you, you could you could you could 
replied to an advert in a newspaper or a magazine or whatever it was. And there was a little bit of a more of a process of people getting to know each other kind of thing. But now it's wham bam and that's it, isn't it? Really? <laughs> so yeah. you don't even. And it's get almost to like you've got to know a you've got to know a new language. Yeah. Yeah. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is. It is very. It's very. It's very tough. It's very tough indeed. So when did you actually sort of think to yourself that? you might actually, that, that that word bisexual was something to describe you? Or have you always felt as though you, you're having to sort of, you're being forced some, somehow to sort of, you, that you need somewhere along the lines to make up your mind? Because society basically says that to bisexual people, doesn't it, really? Yeah. You know, how did you, you know, how have you, well, I don't know, you're 45 now, have you come to terms with the fact that you, you know, you're, you're bisexual? I'm getting there. It's um, it's a work in progress. Um, I'd I'd say certainly in in the, in the past twelve months, um, I've done a lot of work on myself. I've counselling for various things, and it's all these feelings and emotions have come out in these talks. Um, and I'm I'm getting used to saying the word out loud. Because that's that's one of the things I've, I've I struggled with as well is saying the word. It's almost like it's it's almost like it's a swear word. You know, it's I've I've found it difficult to say for a long time. What is the difficulty? You think what is the thing that stops you? I mean, you, I think you are. I can tell you, you you know, you're getting there, aren't you? For heaven's sake, you're having this in, this conversation with. <laughs> with a yeah. podcast that goes all around the world, so you're obviously getting there. But what what is it that um, that still makes you nervous about labelling yourself bisexual? Do you think? Um, I don't know. It's. I think for me, it's it's still trying to accept that this is who I am. Because for the longest time, I've always thought I was a certain type of person. And now I'm having to sort of rewire my brain to think, actually, no, I've always been this way. It's just the other person was different. This is me being normal. It's it's, it's a weird feeling to have. Um, but like I said, it's... It's a work in progress. I'm, I'm trying my best to um, accept myself. Yeah, no, I, I, I understand that. And I, I'm sure, Steve, that there will be a lot of people who are listening to this who are in exactly the same position. Now, you're, you're 45, trying to come to terms with um, what you think. You, you, know, you think you're bisexual. And I, you know, from, from what you told me, I've no reason to disbelieve that. And, you know, it, it strikes me that you... You are. What do you say to people out there, though, that say oh, bisexuality just doesn't exist, or bisexuality is just a journey onto onto uh, becoming, uh, you know, accept, accepting yourself as gay or lesbian or whatever it may be? Uh, bisexuality is just a it's just a cop out kind of thing. You know, what what do you say to people who, who say that kind of thing? I th I think saying you're bisexual is sort of the end end point of the journey. You've already gone on the journey previously. Um, the confusion's already sort of 
engrossed yourself you know it's you've already done all the questioning and the why this and why that getting to the point where you can say I'm bisexual that's the end of the confusion I think I mean it certainly is for me um, just just from you know the past 45 years of confusion and conflict and trying to figure things out I'm now at this point where I can not easily say but I'm, I'm getting there but I can say I am bisexual now there's no support out there is there there's nothing really for bisexual people I mean obviously there's LGBT groups and all the rest of it but there's nothing directly out there in Britain that to support people on a regular basis who think no. they might be bisexual to help them come to terms with it. I mean, I know there are the odd groups and things here and there, but by and large, if you're somebody who th is thinking this way, it's very hard to find any support, isn't it? And presumably, yeah. I mean, you said you've got had counselling and all that, but I bet it's been pretty tough to find people to, to reach out to, hasn't it? Well, yeah, I'm, I've been completely on my own for the past sort of couple of years dealing with, with all this. Um, and... Yeah, I'm basically reduced to um, the internet, trying to find either support or trying to read up on what certain phrases mean or you know gender descriptions and because it, it's it's like like I said it's like a, a new language. Um, it's like trying to learn Japanese, you know, in in three days or something. It's it's mind blowing. The things that when you start reading online about what goes on or you know the 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 history of it all and it's just there's so much information um and all i want wanted really was just someone to say well actually no this no this is fine this is this is perfectly okay we're all we're all the same but we're all different you know it's you don't have to learn everything. You don't have to know everything right away. You know, it's uh, it's a learning curve. Well, I mean, you're one person who's going through this kind of thing. There must be lots and lots of other people, I would think. And I'm sure, you know, I mean, we more and more, more, and more people are accepting themselves as bisexual and declaring themselves bisexual on forms and things like that. So things are obviously changing. Yeah. Um, but the tendency for the media is that they don't really cover... Or don't really mention bisexuality. People are either gay or straight a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, you find that the LGBT world isn't necessarily that welcoming of bisexual people because a lot of gay people are very suspicious of, or can be quite suspicious of bisexual people because they don't. They, you know, there's this there's this trope, isn't it, that you can't trust somebody who's bisexual because you know that everyone thinks everyone who's bisexual is promiscuous and blah blah blah, and they're not going to stay with yeah. somebody and all that kind of thing. So there's all these things to get over. What do you think about just the general? Society generally, the fact that people like yourself and others, and even myself to an extent, you know, although I, I ended up in a relationship where somebody accepted my situation a fair few years ago now, but that there's lots of people who have gone literally decades, decades with all this confusion. I mean, yeah. what does that say about society? And really, when you think about it, you know, it must be, this must be, in a way, I think, the, the tip of the iceberg, don't you? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, 
I mean, you only have to look at um, when celebrities come out and you either get um, a great amount of support or they'll just get horrendous backlash. And you, you sit there at home and you think, maybe you're on the verge of sort of saying to your, to your family or to your friends, saying, oh, by the way, um, and then something like that happens and you see, I don't know, backlash and uh, the slurs and all that and you think I'm not not getting involved in that I don't I don't want to be part of that you know it's I think there's still a long way to go for um, not just LGBT but especially with bisexual people it's it does seem like you said it's we seem like a minority within a minority. Or what does put you off going and meeting more people in the, say, the gay scene or whatever? I mean, is you know, is there something there that stops you doing that? Yeah, myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm just, I'm terrified of jumping in. <laughs> I think that's like the final admission to myself. I've, I've got to the point where I can sort of almost comfortably say it in my own home but when you sort of go out and mingle with other people the, the, the problem of course there is that you'd end up going to the gay scene and I mean there are lots of people in the in the gay world who are very welcoming of people who are bisexual they've got a problem with it don't don't be wrong it's not mm. everybody who's horrible to bisexuals but if you there would be people who would if you were open about being bisexual, would question the fact that you're saying you're bisexual. Oh, that's just you know. Yeah, I've had I've had gay friends who said to me, bisexuality just does not exist. As far as they're concerned, yeah. it doesn't exist. You know, so you've got that whole another issue there as well. That you and, that, and this is the problem, isn't it? We're pushed from one pillar to another, really. And if you you know if if you end up walking down the street with a woman, then you, you, you're labelled straight, or they must be straight, and obviously you know. That's it. And yeah. if you're walking down the street with a bloke, then you 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 label gay, and it's sort of yeah. it's having somewhere to go to be able to just say actually, you know, I like I like men and women. I mean, what do you think's needed? What do you think would would could help it in terms of trying to help people like you sort of um, come to terms with stuff and feel more comfortable? What what do you think society could could do? Um, I think they should just sort of um, just need to relax a bit about. You know, people and their choices. You know, they don't need. You don't need to sort of. I think the problem is with with the the sort of state of the the world we're in at the moment. Everything has to be um, either a conflict or an argument. And what, no matter what you say or do, someone is going to go on the keyboard. And type something or say something and it's gonna it's gonna offend or they're going to be offended by whatever you do um, yeah. and it, it, it can go from like say um, I like dogs but I don't like cats or oh, you don't like cats or oh, you must be a, a murderer that kind of thing it's you know it it's people want one thing or the other they don't like yeah they don't like Things to be sort of am, <laughs> ambiguous. Being bisexual in a very uh, what is becoming a quite um, an authoritarian right-left sort of world where nothing in between seems to 
be acceptable anymore is uh, yeah. quite, quite a challenge, isn't it, really, to be it, honest? It is, yeah. <laughs> but on the positive side... What do you think, you know, if, if you were in a situation where people were much more accepting and you were able to be open, what is it you think that's quite good about being bisexual? What do you like about the fact that you can walk down the street and, you know, I suppose fancy everyone, really? What do you like about it? I think that's one of the good reasons. I, I, I think I can watch um, the Olympics now um, and not pretend to know about the scores of diving, I can actually watch for the divers instead. Um, it's <laughs> it's 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 just unlimitless, isn't it? It's it's, it's almost, I, I don't want to say you can do what you want because that's that feel, feels a bit careless, but it's almost like you're not you're not bound by one or the other. You know, it's it's the choice if you want to make it. Yeah, and it's down at the end of the day, um, it's down to the individual, isn't it? If you if you yeah. like somebody and their personality is great and whatever, then then but you you've got less in a way as if you're bisexual, you've got less restrictions really in a way on certain things. But um, but yeah, and no, I think you're right. I think we are a long way away from um, total acceptance, sadly. Um, yeah. You know, it's sometimes I think we're making progress. You sometimes see a, a new storyline in a soap or something where somebody's bisexual, and then and then suddenly they. They they either kill them off or they turn them gay or whatever, and you think actually that's that's ridiculous because those stories, are, you know, somebody, a story about a bisexual person could actually be really interesting, you know, to me. So, yeah. you know, do you think you because um, some people who are bisexual will often say um, they're fifty fifty or you know seventy thirty or whatever, mm. and sometimes they think they're talking about that in a sexual sense, but then they might also be talking about it in a, an emotional sense. So there's some people I've interviewed in the past have said, actually, I'm more emotionally attached to men, but more sexually attract, attracted to women or vice versa in different ways. Do you think um, you're on a scale? I mean, Kinsey always said the bisexuality or sexuality generally was on a scale. Do you think you're on a scale or would you say you're more 50-50 or, or what? Um, I, I think my scale's all over the place at the moment. Um <laughs> I, I couldn't put any numbers on it. <laughs> it's 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 like it's basically it's like when you when you're a teenager and your hormones kick in and everything is exciting all at once. That's sort of where I'm at with myself. It's it's quite strange. <laughs> yeah, and it's strange in a way, but it's liberating in another way. But then it's also scary in another way, isn't it? Because you're you're not a teenager; you're forty five, and it's sort of you know yeah. you're thinking, God, I'm going through all these things that you know I should have gone through or done you know properly back in the day, you know. But society wasn't ready for that, was it? You know, and that's quite upsetting in a way, isn't it? When you think about it, because you know, I mean, um, Nikki who presents with us, she her mum, she did a program about bisexuality, and her mum actually came out during the program. And in her mid sixties, to say that she was bisexual. I mean, she kept that quiet mm. from her from her family until she was in her sixties, and that's just yeah. it's just ridiculous, isn't it? Really, with people having to do that. I know, and I mean, it'd be it'd be great if you could find a pinpoint exactly why people don't, you know, come out when when they when they want to, but. 
it's it's one of those things isn't it that society is it is what it is you know you, some people are able to to embrace it um, and some of us take time Steve it's been lovely to talk to you and hear your story and I'm sure quite a few people will will identify with what you've been saying and I hope that as things go forward that you can feel even you're starting to feel more comfortable with it now but I think hopefully you can feel more comfortable in the future and hopefully through listening to bisexual brunch um, because we're going to try and explore all sorts of things as we go on in this in the in the show um, we might hopefully be able to open a few more doors that people you know we're looking at the whole thing of dating and all these kind of things and to try and open some more avenues and see what else is out there kind of thing so hopefully fingers crossed we can be a bit of a a help and a resource to you, you know, going forward. So uh, thank you for being in touch. Thanks for your kind words. And I wish you all all the best of luck with your uh, your journey as it continues, as it were. No, thanks very much. You're listening to the Bisexual Brunch Podcast. From the creators of Bisexual Brunch. Dale, how the hell did I end up here? Based on a true story. What choice do you have? Tell the world that Rock Hudson is gay? You're a good-looking kid. I don't have anyone else on my books like you. How about I start to represent you? A moving 40-minute drama based on the life and career of Rock Hudson. Yes! Good boy. You just made the best decision of your life. Written by Tim Fountain and starring Michael Xavier and Betty Bourne. Rock! Rock? Strong. Masculine. Rock Fitzgerald? Not Fitzgerald. Sounds Irish. Nebraska, Washington, Hudson. Hudson. What about Rock Hudson? Get your coat on. I'm going to introduce Rock Hudson to Hollywood. Listen by searching for the Distinct Nostalgia podcast or visit distinctnostalgia.com. we got to do something about your voice, kid. We're going to snap your vocal cords. What? Ah. Uh, louder. Ah. Uh, louder. Uh. Rock. Winner of the BBC's first ever online audio drama award. Look, Dale. I'm dying of this godforsaken disease. And pretty soon thousands, maybe millions, will die the same way. I've had mental health problems, I think, for most of my life. Suicide is sadly something which affects people from all backgrounds. My friends didn't quite understand why I was being the way I was being, so support was was pretty much non-existent. A brand new podcast brought to you by the Zero Suicide Alliance. I'm Professor Alice Roberts and this is Life Matters. Few people understand that you just actually just need to just sit and listen to what the person's saying. We do know that there are some people who tend to be more at risk than others. In our feature on the latest initiatives from around the world, we find out how three schoolgirls from Brazil have developed a suicide prevention app aimed at Generation Z. If something bad happened to me today, I'll go there and add a drop of water. We're with the team at Hollyoaks to hear how they've been showing how soap can inspire life-saving conversations among men at risk of suicide. I just feel absolutely nothing at all. Nothing, just dead. This way you get to see Darren's journey behind the scenes. He's really struggling and he doesn't know how to reach out. He doesn't know how to get help. You know, it's always been a taboo subject. Join me, Professor Alice Roberts, for the very first edition of Life Matters. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts and visit ZeroSuicideAlliance.com for a free online awareness course 
that could help you save lives. Hello and welcome to The Likely Dads, a new series that looks at parenting from the paternal perspective. I'm always wary of people who plan kids. If your life's that structured, just stay away from me. We're not going to get on. <laughs> a brand new show from the team behind Bisexual Brunch. I'm Tim Vincent and each week I'll be joined by my fellow Likely Dads, Mick Ferry and Russell Kane, as well as a series of special guests to discuss different aspects of fatherhood. When a man has an urge to have a, a child, it's not spoken about much. Women sort of own this area. <laughs> I was hoping it was going to be like the old films I watched where I'd just have a pipe and I'd be in a study. You're going to see your father now for ten minutes. <laughs> Hello, children, what have you been up to today? I'm not interested. All right, off to bed. An MIM production for BBC Radio 4. We hope you'll join us and subscribe to The Likely Dads on BBC Sounds. You're listening to Bisexual Brunch. Maisie's, Just on cue. Maisie's got something to say about it. What do you think about it, Maisie? She's, she's got an opinion. She's got an opinion. She's got an opinion. She's going to have an opinion. She's, uh, she's a, 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 a father's daughter, for God's sake. Um, she just doesn't like my phobia. Plays <laughs> <laughs> her wild. So, I hinted at it a little bit earlier on. Um, we want to talk about coming out as bisexual. It's been uh, LGBT coming out day over the last month uh, here in the UK. And um, people are always talking about what it's like to come out. There weren't many stories in the media about what it's like to come out as bisexual, but I suppose we'd had our, our bit with Bisexual Awareness Week. <laughs> we'd had our week, yeah, that was it. Week. It was done, dusted. Um, <laughs> typical. But I, I'm quite interested to know, to hear people's stories about this and, how, and what responses they get. So anybody who's listening now, you know, please get in touch with us uh, at Bisexual Brunch on Twitter and we'll read some of them out in the, in the next week or two. Um, uh, you know, the, the strange stories, the, the bizarre things, the odd things that people say to you. So let's kick things off. Nikki, um, obviously being bisexual, you have to come out over and over and over again. Um, so there must be a few stories that you've got. What kind of things have people said to you when you said, I'm bisexual? Well, one thing I remember people saying to me over and over again was, oh, that's because you went to a girls' school, isn't it? Oh, really? This was like, this was really common amongst my peers, you know, people that I've been friends with at school, and then I came out with, you know, I came out to them later. But then equally, I'm remembering when I came out to a friend who decided she was bisexual, we basically had a little fling, and I had a boyfriend at the time, this was years ago, I was probably about 23, and then the next morning, after the night before, I said to her, don't ever tell Giles that I'm bisexual, so he never knows what we've got up to. And I feel so guilty to this day for basically shaming, kind of shaming her actually and shaming myself, you know, it was a really stupid thing to say. I've apologised to her since and we're all fine. But it's funny that, you know, I was being open but at the same time I was kind of trying to hide what I was doing. So, I mean, that's also because I was cheating. So, you know, I wouldn't do that now, obviously. But, you know, it was still, a, I was kind of responsible for being stupid about it as well, if that makes sense. And what, what's the most common thing people say to you when you come out? Apart from the, the whole thing about going to a, a girls' school, what other things do people say? If I say it to women, it's, oh, yeah, I think I am too, even when they're not. Always. Yeah, yeah. If you are, then I could be. Yeah. <laughs> it's so strange. It's a fashion thing, isn't it? It's a fashion thing. Or it's like you coming out gives them the, the courage to say they might be. But a lot of them are not. You know, they're kind of hasbians or I don't know what you want to call it. There's lots of phrases to describe it. But by tourists, maybe. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. But it does get so frustrating, doesn't it? After, I mean, obviously the explaining thing, but but having those reactions and people being sort of gobsmacked and surprised and yeah, you know, it just becomes quite yeah. It's just it's just irritating. I mean, most the most common thing people have said to me is um, actually mainly gay men have just said bisexual people don't exist. That, I mean, it's horrible. It's, just, it's that's ridiculous. The worst, that's the worst thing. So you get that a lot. And then I've had straight friends of mine who just say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gay. You know you're gay because I've had mainly gay relationships. Yeah. So you get a bit of mocking about it. You know, you, you know you, what you're talking about. So, uh, and I just think to myself, I can't be bothered. You know, I mean, that's the point. There's no point. I've had men just go, if I say, oh, by the way, I'm bisexual, and they just go, perfect. It's like, no. <laughs> It's not for you. It's it? ridiculous. But the thing is, the, the opposite, of course, is true um, of bisexual men. I don't think I've yeah. ever had many people saying the things that you had as a bisexual woman. You know, people saying, oh, fantastic. You know, I'd, I'm, right. I, think I'm, I think I'm one or whatever. Um, what, do, what do you think, Lewis, on, on that score? You, we never really get that, do we? But what's the, what's the sort of most sort of comical thing anybody said to you? Well, okay, so the comical one is actually not my story. It's Laura's, which for people not knowing who that is, that's my other half. Um, so she was in a gay bar this a couple of years ago, um, and she gets talking to these gay guys, and it comes up about, oh, are you dating anyone? And then she says, like, yeah, I'm dating a bisexual guy. And they were like, that's disgusting. They were like, do you know how few men are attracted to other men. If he's attracted to men, he should be with, with a man and you're taking up someone that, that gay men could have. And I was like, surely not. No one said that, that to me. That is shocking. Like, I guarantee you they said that to me. That is absolutely appalling, Lewis. That's crazy. That's I know. Crazy. What's the most common thing people say to you, Lewis, when you've come out as bisexual? Um, it's either, you know, obviously, no, you're not. Or, um, oh, I, you know, one guy, kept, one gay guy was like, I had sex with a girl once before too. <laughs> it's just, so it's either a complete denial or it's, a, oh, yeah, something similar happened to me once. Yeah. Um, I will say the hardest one that, that ever happened was really early on when I was like, you know, when you're in that stage where you're telling some people that you're bisexual, but you're yeah. not fully out. Yeah. Um, and I went to house party and it, there was another bi guy there. And I was like, oh, my God, my tribe. And he was just horrible. He was, I was just oh, like, oh, I'm bisexual too. And he, he said, so, he called me a Teletubby. And I, I don't know what that is. Um, but apparently it's like, oh, you're, you're young, you'll figure it out. And it was just like, <laughs> he was just so rude to me. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I think that was honestly the worst because you kind of expect it and you're ready for it from, from monosexuals. But, but when it's your own people, you're like, no, there's no hope. That's probably just because you were better looking than him and he was scared you were going to take all the options at the party. Well, that's yeah, my that's idea what I told about myself it, anyway. Too, it I definitely think, is that. I think, I think there are quite a lot of people who do identify as bisexual, though, who at certain stages get a bit sort of fed up with it in the sense that they can't yeah. cope with it and they just think to themselves, right, I'm going to have to, you know, the, the, the best thing to do here, society basically wants me to make a choice. Um, I think I mentioned on a previous previous show that a well-known, very famous person, actually, I spoke to about this, said basically <laughs> roughly along the lines of, you know, do you make your mind up and and bisexuals don't get it as bad as as gay people. And, and we're not in it. We're not it. You know, we need to think of ourselves as lucky. And, you know, what I mean, that kind of thing. So 
Um, I think that's there are people of certain genera of certain generation who think like that because they've been, I suppose, in a way, been forced into think like thinking yeah. like that. You know, that's really sad, Ash. It is very sad, mm. very sad indeed. So, so there you go. So, any any other comical ones? Any other funny ones that people have said to you? I'm just thinking of a funny one. Well, things like, oh, will you get off with my girlfriend then? Because she never stops going on about having an experience with a woman. Oh. I've had that a few times. Oh, yeah, I'm just at anybody's service. And have you ever been tempted, yeah. Nikki? Yeah, of course I have. But I haven't done it out of matter of principle. Because then it would give by people a bad name, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, my God, guys. Speaking of uh, giving by people a bad name, have you seen Carol Baskin just came out of Spice Like Sean? No way! Yes. There's all that hard work undone. Yeah. <laughs> so, the woman funny. accused of killing her husband and feeding him to a tiger. Well, maybe her, may, my reaction to her coming out was the comic when I was like, oh shit. <laughs> 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 Just unclick that. Well, well, any, every, every, anybody listening to this, if you've got um, any stories, funny stories you've got to tell us that we can share with the world on pe- what people have said when you've come out as bisexual. I'm sure there's lots of stories out there because, as I said before, you know, people come out as bisexual, have to come out as bisexual over and over and over again. Uh, we'd love to hear from you if you want to get in touch with us on Twitter uh, at uh, Bisexual Brunch, and we'll read them out in coming weeks. Um, so, guys, it's been it's been great to be back in the in the hot seat, as it were, doing this show. Um, apologies to everybody out there that we've missed you for a few weeks, but I think um, we've had some nice feedback actually of people saying they are missing us, which is sweet. Um, and uh, yeah um, Bisexual Brunch continues uh, and we'll carry on next week we'll be back again next week probably with yeah, all four of us all four of us all four presenters <laughs> I hope so we're going to have to train Maisie into something I think she, 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 should do the, she should do the celebrity interviews in the future yeah I reckon she could do that she's a charmer <laughs> we, we can give her to the the bifobes we interview she just scream at them trust me it's, it's distressing <laughs> Well, you know, we're going to have this issue now, of course, of, of you know, because there aren't many people who are bisexual who are willing to actually show that they're bisexual and in a relationship, you know, relationship both, both a straight relationship and have a baby, yeah. to be fair. Yes, we know yeah. people are bisexual and people know that probably they've got kids or whatever, but not many people are, are actually properly open about it. So it's going to be interesting to see what reactions you get um Lewis going forward because um, I know you've been you've been promoting Maisie all over the place Nikki tells me yeah. <laughs> I've seen her I see so her every cute. day and I've never met her <laughs> she is oh, just dear. so gorgeous she has the most beautiful little face doesn't she Lewis yeah well I was gonna say Nikki you could you could have come over and seen her in person but but restriction wise it's not gonna happen I know we'll you can just come to the wait. window and we'll wave I'll come to the window <laughs> I'm desperate to see her We'll make it happen. Well, we'll all we'll all be back again uh, this time next week. Lewis and Maisie and Nikki and, and myself. So goodbye. Speak to you soon. Okay, well, that's Bisexual Brunch for this week. If you've got any comments, thoughts, musings, do get in touch with us at, at Bisexual Brunch on Twitter. And thank you for listening. And we'll see you later. Bye for now. Guys, we've run out of breast milk. I'm fucked.
This program is an MIM production. Remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.